0: Join my mom now as she offers us Love Rules from Roxbury Presbyterian
1: Church. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Love Rules. Today's message is called Travel Light. Our text is the Gospel of Luke, the 10th chapter, the 1st through the 11th verses. I'll be reading today from the Message Bible. Later, the master selected 70 and sent them ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he intended to go. He gave them this charge. What a huge harvest, and how few the harvest hands. So on your knees, ask the God of the harvest to send harvest hands. On your way, but be careful. This is hazardous work. You're like lambs in a wolf pack. Travel light, comb and toothbrush, and no extra luggage. Don't loiter and make small talk with everyone you meet along the way. When you enter home, greet the family peace. If your greeting is received, then it's a good place to stay. But if it's not received, take it back and get out. Don't impose yourself. Stay at one home, taking your meals there, for a worker deserves three square meals. Don't move from house to house looking for the best cook in town. When you enter a town and are received, eat what they set before you, heal anyone who is sick, and tell them God's kingdom is right on your doorstep. When you enter a town and are not received, Go out in the street and say, the only thing we got from you is the dirt on our feet and we're giving it back. Did you have any idea that God's kingdom was right on your doorstep? Sodom will have it better on Judgment Day than the town that rejects you. Roxbury Presbyterian Church is an extraordinary call for me, but I have to tell you that it wasn't what I expected. And and that's what this text means to me today. It really may offer you some insight into discipleship, into evangelism, into God's call. I came to RPC after spending 11 years traveling back and forth to South Sudan, which I tell you about nearly every day, but it was such a transformative part of my life. And I know now that that trip was the first time I, I really kind of responded to God's call and the work in Africa framed my theology of God's grace, it helped me understand the greatness of God, and in many ways it trained me for the work I'm doing today. So this text is perfect to describe my discipleship because it speaks to how God prepares you for where he wants you to go. The story speaks of a sort of internship program for the disciples while Jesus is still with them, to go out ahead of him to every town and place that he intends to minister. Now Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem, and he'll probably travel through a number of villages he hasn't traveled before. These novice emissaries will announce his coming and give a preview of what the crowds can expect. And remember, the disciples are still in training. That's why this passage offers very specific instructions on the mission. Stay focused eat what's offered you, do your job, attend to what you're called to do, heal the sick, and tell them the kingdom of God is on your doorstep. You see, Jesus left nothing to chance here. It reminds us that God has a master plan for reaching and transforming this lost world. It is a simple plan. It is a simple plan, and at the same time, it's profound. Select, disciple, and train particular people with particular gifts and talents. Equip them with the Word, the Holy Spirit, and set them loose. There is a particularity in God's call. He has equipped each of us for what he wants us to do. And we all have different jobs, really, depending on who you are, where you are. God calls you with a sense of particularity. What touched my spirit most were two of Jesus's instructions. First, that the disciples traveled two by two. Jesus chose pairs for specific reasons. It was safer, provided more support and encouragement. Remember Ecclesiastes, the fourth chapter, ninth verse, two are better than one because they have a good return on their labor. Now, you may not always have that partner in your ministry, but it's good to remember that ministry is not meant to be carried out in a vacuum. God doesn't want us to work or be alone, and I had to learn that too because I'm a loner by nature, by human nature, and I had to learn to kind of open up, and 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 learn from other people and build relationships with other people. I talk a lot about Gloria White Hammond, but she was my uh, kind of mentor, my guide, my my sister in spirit, while we were working in Sudan. And I had to learn to trust her and, and to look up to her and, and to let her be my sister. So you are never alone on this spiritual journey. You should not think of yourself as the Lone Ranger. That's why we have churches, so that we can build relationships with God and with each other. But it is the other instruction that Jesus gives his disciples that really is the focus of, of this message today. And that is the, the message in the Message Bible. Travel light. Travel light. When you go out for God, you don't have to take a lot of baggage with you. Because God is going to give you everything you need. Now, that was actually the takeaway from my internship for God and that first trip to Sudan. Literally, packing for that trip, I put too much stuff in my bags. I had TV clothes. I had makeup. I had extra pairs of socks. I just had a lot of stuff. And then when I got into the sub-Saharan communities, realizing I just was, it was too much stuff. Who needs all this stuff? First of all, the people in that part of the world have nothing. So I'm coming in with two or three suitcases? How arrogant and tacky and condescending is that? And then one day our truck broke down and we had to walk from one village to the next, We had to walk about seven miles in 120-degree heat, and the village women volunteered to carry our luggage. I was shamed by that because I had too much stuff. My my motivations, my selfishness, my self-absorption were all packed in those bags. You know, I wore makeup. You cannot wear makeup in 120-degree heat. I promise you. By the end of that trip, two weeks later, I buried my makeup somewhere in the sub-Saharan sand under some big old tree. It was my own private ritual. I had carried too much. I am so thankful you've joined us today. Remember, Love Rules is totally listener-supported. Won't you make a donation right now to keep this program on the air? Log on to RoxburyPresbyterianChurch.org and click on giving. That's Roxbury Presbyterian Church. Org. Click on giving. Thank you. God bless you. Traveling Light is not just about the physical things we carry on our spiritual journey, like all the things that we buy and all the things we think we need. It's about carrying preconceived notions and ideas on your ministry. I didn't know anything about Africa. All I knew about Africa was the Tarzan movies I watched as a child. We go into neighborhoods, we go into churches, we go into people's homes, and we have our own ideas about what they need and who they are and know nothing about their real lives. You have to get to know people just like you get to know God. In Africa, I thought everybody was the same. That's awful. I'm an African American. But on Tarzan... There was always one group of Africans. They weren't broken down into tribes. There are 500 tribes in Sudan, all of them distinct and unique. And in those tribes, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of people who are all distinct and unique. Old and young, strong and weak, funny and sober. Through my time in Sudan, I have learned to look more closely at people to really stop regarding them on those preconceived notions, to not judge them at all. I remember one beautiful young Dinka girl. Her name was Mary. She spoke a tiny bit of English, and I wanted to interview her. She was so beautiful. She was so exotic. I tried to, for days to get her to change her mind and talk, but she did not want to be on camera. And I, I kept trying. But, of course, she had no Western sensibility about being on television and getting 15 minutes of fame. It meant nothing to her. And by continuing to prod her, I was disrespecting her. I had to learn not to try to change Mary, but just to appreciate Mary. She taught me a valuable little lesson as a reporter. Because, you know, sometimes reporters just, we just burrow in and push I had to learn to look at Mary for who she really was, and she taught me that. I believe God can do anything. There's nothing impossible with God. But sometimes I think we get out on our spiritual journeys, particularly evangelizing and, and discipling, and we get confused about just who God is. As we traveled back and forth to Sudan, we began to think that we could tilt the scale. We could transform girls' lives and, and transform villages and and change the world by ourselves. You know, there are these little uh, slogans that say, be the change you want to, and, and all of that's fine, and you can change the world, but only through the power of God. I put all my energy into that work in South Sudan for 11 years. The school opened And we could be very glad that we were a part of that. But we were never really successful in getting the teachers and the curriculum in place. And in the end, we had to let it go and trust that the village could work on their own education. We had supported them as much as we could. So we weren't God. We could only get to know the people and support them best we could. Travel light. You don't have to do it all. You're not going to save that person. God is going to save that person through you. That's one of my biggest challenges as a preacher, thinking it's all up to me. But I found this quote from a bishop. His name is Ken Untener, and he's from Michigan. And he's eulogizing this liberation theologist, Oscar Romero. And his words are beautiful. It helps now and then to step back and take the long view. The kingdom is not only beyond our efforts, it is even beyond our vision. We accomplish in our lifetime only a tiny fraction of the magnificent enterprise that is God's work. Nothing we do is complete, which is another way of saying that the kingdom always lies beyond us. We cannot do everything, and there is a sense of liberation in realizing that because that enables us to do something and leave the rest up to God's grace. Travel light. God will take care of you. Be blessed.
0: Thank you for tuning in. Roxbury Presbyterian Church is located at 328 Warren Street, right in the heart of Roxbury. Come worship with us on Sundays at 11 a.m. This is a listener-supported program. We invite you to partner with us and learn the many ways that love rules. Visit us on our website, RoxburyPresbyterianChurch.org, or call us at 617-445-2116.